Hello and welcome to the 103rd episode. You know, should we even tell people what episode this is? Should we just <laughs> get right into it and say, hello and welcome to the Slow Ride Podcast? What do you guys um, what, what, why, why are we over? Them are we, it's the why would we, what's, I mean, what's the difference? Well, I don't want to like, like if we say what episode it is, then it makes it seem like people should actually go back to listen to the back catalog, which we all agree is a horrible uh, idea. Yeah. Like the yeah. furthest back someone should go is like episode 80. <laughs> I think if nothing else. No, we, should, we definitely shouldn't, uh, we shouldn't encourage people to do that. But, uh, I mean, it, I mean, do you think it almost sounds like we're bragging when we're saying 103rd? No, it just sounds like we, uh, we want, you want you to know, because if they all start the same, basically, uh, you don't want to start, you don't want to get five minutes in, because basically every episode, the first 10 minutes, Valverde, yeah. Valverde, Hincapi, Hincapi, <laughs> Valverde, Valverde, Hincapi, yeah. Hincapi, totally, Lance yeah. sucks. Well, and yeah. so people could get confused. <laughs> Bencar and uh, Zubeldia. Zubeldia, Zubeldia, yep. Zubeldia. People might, <laughs> totally. they might get, you know, that far in and then they'll realize <laughs> it's not the right episode. Yeah, we can't, we can't confuse our listeners any more than mm-hmm. necessary. <laughs> All right, well, okay, let, let's try it again. Ready? You're listening to the Slow Ride Podcast. Bites, advice, and rumors straight from the source. The Slow Ride and on Twitter at the Slow Ride Pod. Enjoy the ride. Hello and welcome to the most spectacular, the most famous, the most seasoned, and the longest-running cycling gossip podcast in the history of the internet, the Slow Ride Podcast. Mm-hmm. I'm Tim in Orlando, Florida. I am Matt, and Tim didn't say it's the 103rd episode, despite <laughs> all the other verbiage. <laughs> uh-huh. And uh, I am Spencer Howe in Boston. Uh, guys, uh, how are you tonight? What's going on? Pretty- I'm doing great. And as I was doing research for the big show, well, little guy, how are you? Sorry to interrupt. <laughs> I'm good. So I, I, throughout the week, I have had many tabs open on my Chrome um, internet browser ready for topics to discuss. We've got lots of great questions from our listeners. We've gotten a bunch of Twitter questions that uh, I've called out a few that we're going to go through. But guys, things that stopped the presses an hour ago, cyclingnews.com just released a story about TJ Van Garderen saying that he is a four out of five star favorite for this year's Tour de France. Yeah, it sounds about right. Uh, Would you put him that high? Yeah, I mean, sure. I'd put him at four stars if it was like four out of six stars. So he's three and a half out of five? Is that what that works out to? I'm not going to fractions. Yeah. <laughs> It's a rough estimate. So, so he says that he is uh, more than likely the team leader, you know. Um, that makes sense. And that him and Richie Port are going to be uh, sharing uh, duties for the most part. But he's the leader. <laughs> so what would you guys ra- rank Richie Port? Because I would, I would rank, rank Richie Port like a two. Well, see, the thing here is, well, the problem BMC is going to have in the tour with those two is that both of them are like the same guy. They're yeah. both they're both good enough to almost be there, but they're not going to win. But they're also both not like attacking style riders. Like they can't play off of each other very like I I just don't see that happening. Yeah, there's kind of no nothing to be gained by having those two, you know. Mm-hmm. As opposed see, to when, when like, let's remember back when we had Valverde and Mancebo on the same team. <laughs> now that uh-huh. that's a dynamic duo, right? Or or or, or, or Ivan Mayo and Heimar Zubeldia. Yeah, and see that was perfect because uh. Mayo didn't know when to not attack, and and Zubeldia <laughs> was like, "It's cool, do whatever you want. I am gonna, I'm just gonna go at my pace, and I'm gonna yeah. finish six. Yeah. and it's cool, and that yeah. was perfect. Uh, you're right, Port. Well, Port's. So what will happen is TJ won't really attack. It's just that Port will explode in the third week. 
yeah. and have to drop out and have some bullshit excuse for the ninth year in a row or something. All right, so, I, I mean, you guys are talking about vintage teams, and I hate to pop the cherry this early in the episode, but are you saying that you want to have more of a attack, like one attacking duo, like like a duo where there's an attacker See, yeah, and then there's so, a, uh, a regular, or do you want to have, like, a trained domestique? That kind of just sits there and maybe every now and then wins a mountain stage. No. And then you have uh, no, no. You know, the champion. That Domestics don't win mountain stages. That never happens. Mm. Um, but, but I'm see, pretty sure guy, there is one experience where there is guy, one person. Little guy said Valverde Mancebo. And I would counter, if you want a current uh, uh, example, I would say Valverde and Nairo Quintana. Because Quintana yeah. can sit there, and we know he can attack if he wants to, but he's probably yeah. not going to. But he can let Valverde scare everybody enough yeah. times and weaken them, and then he can go. You know what I mean? And I don't see that dynamic happening mm. with Port and TJ. I don't see, think either one can do it with their personality. I also don't think either one of them is really strong enough to do it. See, again, Spencer, I think you took this... Uh, a way that I was not expecting. See, I was trying to lead us down this vintage team aspect where you have a domestique that can win in the mountains every so now and now and again and a bona fide team leader mm -hmm. that we've seen in the past of other famous American cyclists. Uh -huh. Uh -huh. And now, about what you're talking about uh, is, is, is the Nibali uh, Aru thing that's going to happen at the Giro. <sighs> That's See, I know neither one of them are American, but you no, probably just got no. that fact See, wrong. Again, no, I I'm think I think he's sure talking you're not about, picking up what I'm saying. No, you're talking about Nibali and Basso a few years ago, right? When, That's, when Nibali uh, got called up late and he got third in the Giro, but Basso won it. He's kind of like no, Basso's American, right? Again, I'm talking more about Oscar hmm. Pereiro and who was the other guy on his team? I forgot. And, oh. uh, hmm. All right, so mm, TJ Van Garderen, four-star favorite. Five-star favorites, he says, are the, the, the fab four of last year, which is going to be Nairo, uh, Froome. Yeah. Who, who else? Who else is in the, the top four? Contador. Contador, no. yeah. Well, he's Nibali. using the motor. And Nibali? Nibali, but wait, so yes. Nibali's not doing the tour, right? Or is he is he on the fence? He's on the fence, I assume. Uh, well, we he's saying he's he said he wasn't going to, but he's going to. And then he said he wasn't going to do the Giro, but he's going to. They're all well, going to do surely, everything. He's doing the Giro for sure. Yeah, it's and just it's, those other guys like, aren't though. Froome's not, Contador's not, uh, Nairo's not. Those guys are all yeah. solidly in the tour. Yeah, Contador's not. He had his go last year, and that's yeah. he's done. Um, but uh, but yeah, I mean, I think the the talk from f last fall was all during contract negotiation time, and now that that's yeah. all signed and ink ink is dry, uh, Nabali's kind of like whatever for a rue. Like <laughs> you're working for me at whatever race I show up at. I don't care. All right. Well, so, why are we talking about TJ and the tour when we're we're yeah. actually on the doorstep of the Giro? We're, we got Romandy coming yeah. up. Which is the prelude? Well, it's the Albacini party, and then uh, we've got we got the real deal, a grand tour, and the most interesting grand tour. The most interesting grand That's tour, and by far the most exciting grand tour that we really should be spending time on, rather than talking about T.J. Van Garter and, and America's most favorite cyclist, the Gummy Bear Talansky. What? No, Talansky, who also Talansky. gave an interview about something and. Yeah, let's get into the actual racing itself. And we had the fourth monument of the season this past weekend, and that was Liège, Bastogne-Liège, under the snow, hectic and some would say epic conditions. And Voot Pauls takes the win for Team Sky in a pretty cool finish, that nice long false flat. There's a, a nice cobbled climb uh, over Albacini and Roy Costa in third place. Did hey, you guys have the opportunity forget. to watch race? I did. Let's not forget Sammy Sanchez, who I remember both of you mm -hmm. not believing he should still be racing, kind of giving him a little shit for being an old man without a contract, getting fourth. So, well, just, you know you what? Know, take no, take okay. a bite of that humble pie. I know you're not uh, the most internet savvy, but uh, Crosshairs uh, Radio did run a big uh, Velo Games League for the Spring uh, Classics, 
And okay. uh, Sammy Sanchez is on my team and scored me a lot of points. So. Oh, no, I, I'm sure. I might talk a big I'm game sure, here on the podcast, but when yeah, it comes, I'm sure when, you when we get changed down to your tune tax. when it came down to the real deal. No, I, yeah. I don't. I'm not surprised at all by that. I'm sure somebody, I'm sure Tim's got a team, too, that's full of people I mentioned last year. I'm sure. Uh, no, Tim's did terrible, so he probably wasn't listening to you. I just never... Time. I just never substituted everybody. I just forgot. But uh, this this uh-huh. race, guys, was pretty cool. Yeah. But Zacharin, the that Katusha guy, got fifth yep. place. That was pretty awesome. No, did you guy, guys remember... like his tripod? Did you see oh, the Zacharin tripod? I did. See a photographer? No. Did you see? Did you not see this, Spencer? No. When he went around the a, corner, a, a little before the cobbled climb, the new cobbled climb is added this year. Zacharin and Diego uh, Rosa mm-hmm. got off the front together, had a nice little gap, and you're like, "Man, this could stick." These are strong guys, and they were coming into a corner, and even from the camera shot, you could see where Rosa lined up, and Zacharin went way inside, and you're like, "Hmm, I bet Rosa's right. He's a former mountain biker." Zacharin suddenly unclipped, foot out. Just barely made it around the corner. Rosa huh. just flies by, brake disintegrates, move is gone. So bummer. Yeah, I didn't. I, call- uh, I didn't catch this one on the internet, uh, dark webs, uh, because it was an ASO race, and uh, those are getting hard to come by on the on the dark web feeds. I found a pretty good dark web feed, but yeah. you know, uh, it was also on the YouTube live channels that I talked about last uh, last week in. Uh, I got to listen to, I believe it was Renat, but let's talk about the, you know, the top 10 were, were impressive, but little guy, I remember calling you with about 10 K to go when they, they were got to the climb that everyone's been talking about, like this new climb, the new cobbled climb. And I found it very interesting that this race is like the oldest race in the professional calendar and they still mm-hmm. discover new climbs. Like it's like this, like, Ooh, wow. I didn't know this was over here. And I found that uh, to be very interesting. Now, you mentioned that it's because they, they change where the finish is um, every yeah, it's, year, I mean, every few years. Yeah, I mean, it hasn't always been. I don't know how long it's been where it is. As long as we've been watching, I feel like it's been in whatever, Ants or something, it's a suburb. Anyway. But, yeah, it is crazy that all these races can be around for so long and find a new route, whereas Ken Woods has been around for, what, 30, 35 years? I don't think they found any new routes for that. Yeah, I don't know. The Minnesota road scene just doesn't have the same uh, gusto as the uh, French wait, so wait, cycling Are you classics. saying that ASO has maybe like a few more boots on the ground, kind of like people scouting locales and setting up races than the MCF? Yeah, yeah. That's kind of what, hmm. what I'm driving at. Man, tough, tough talk. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, that's probably true. But all around great race. I got to say, you guys, I was pulling for Albacini. Uh, being, yeah. I like that move in general. Like those four guys, I was excited for them because they were all kind of second tier favorites uh, that made the, made the selection. But I really wanted Albacini because he always has to work for someone like Garens or somebody else other than a Tour of Romandy. Mm-hmm. All those other guys get their chance. Well, maybe Poles doesn't get his chances as much, but he will. <laughs> but um, it was like, in Albacini, you know, he's like in his mid thirties. He's always working for other people. It was like, God, this is his shot, you know. So close. So, can my, my main takeaway? We don't need to drag too much on this race. Is I do want to. I don't like people running along the side of racers at all. Like I think it's kind of dumb. But yeah, there was that lot. one. There was that one guy that ran next to the field for a long time. And someone had posted later that he has now run next to the field in the same exact spot for the last four years. Last year he dressed up with like the fur coat. Like mm-hmm. someone say he looked like a pimp was like the idea. And this time uh, he had, I don't know if it was like a leotard or what it was, but he ran for a while. And it, you know, that's some dedication. Four years in a row. What kind of training do you spot. think you have to do for that? Do you have to hire a coach? Like, <laughs> like mountain running, like at altitude, like, you know. That's impressive stuff. Uh, you know, I think what Eddie Merck said was was you just you just got to run a lot, drunk, and that's <laughs> how you do it. You okay, know, you just get drunk and you run. Now, a lot of people make the mistake of they go out and they just train, they do some running, they show up on race day, they oh, get yeah. drunk, they try to start running, they don't have it. You got to really condition yourself properly. Yeah. And also, 
it's just like cycling. You want to you want to be, you know, you want to do everything kind of as close to race simulation as possible to get comfortable. So you got to wear that stupid outfit when you run. Otherwise, <laughs> day of you're going to trip all over your like giant yeah, bare feet that's and true. get you know, rip your speedo off when you fall down. Nobody wants to see that. Uh, Nobody wants to see that. They want to see you run with bare feet in a speedo. They don't want to see you fall <laughs> with bare feet in a speedo. So man the, the other big news, guys, 16th place. Now, little guy, you never put in a 16th place contest because no, you forgot I how didn't. the internet works. Well, we, uh, um, yeah. and, we also didn't bother yeah. to announce it on last yeah, we week's episode. Yeah, we didn't announce it. I know, I, know you, I know you didn't think that mattered, Tim, but we didn't announce it. Yeah, So, but let's, let's give a shout-out. Let's give credit to where credit due. If he's not busy winning Liège, Bastogne Liège, he's busy winning 16th place with Alejandro Valverde taking 16th place in... A pretty classic fashion. I don't know if you guys watched, but it, he kind of sat up there at the end, but did sprint just <laughs> enough to beat Dylan Toons of BMC Racing nice. for the coveted 16th spot. So pretty awesome. Up. We mentioned Does his that... name so much, he must know this yeah. podcast exists by now. I, I would hope so. So does that put him uh, back in you know, in good graces with the pod oh. for skipping Flanders and whatnot? Yes, he's back in good graces. He's back right. to dominate at the Giro which is upcoming. Yeah. But guys, we need to talk about the excitement that was the last uh, 30, 35K with Carlos Bettencourt on the attack. Now, some would say and some would suggest that perhaps the tactics didn't exactly work the way that they should have in the, uh, the lead up there in the finish or make any sense whatsoever. But man, did it feel good to see Carlos Bettencourt, the gummy bear, on the front, yeah. attacking, just showing his face. And it looked like for a second that he was smiling. You know, you <laughs> gotta think, I got to think he does it for the Twitter mentions. <laughs> he only writes for Twitter mentions. At this I mean, point. I, think sure. he's, I think he's starting to catch on that uh, he's, got, he's got some fans that want to see him just do something. Anything, really. Yeah, man. It's, it, was, it was, what, like three years ago that he was up there in the final. So it's, it's been a while. We've seen it since we've seen him up there in this race. Yeah, it's true. Well, good stuff. So, and top place American, I know I'm not supposed to point it out like that, but top place American from Cannondale pro cycling and the top finisher of Cannondale pro cycling is Alex Howes in 21st place. There, my friends is the future of American cycling in the Ardennes classics. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, sure. Can I jump back to the Giro uh, for just a second? Yeah, absolutely. Jump back to it for a while. I just, time. I just want yeah. to point out just one quick thing. Uh, there's an article up on Velonews now about the uh, the 22 teams that got in the Giro and who their protected leaders are. I just yeah. want to point out that Southeast Venezuela is in the Giro and their protected leader that's listed here, Felipe Pizarro. <laughs> Oh. Well, he, stage wins. They don't actually have a GC rider, do they? <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> yeah, I don't think so. Well, that's exciting for him. He mm-hmm. gets one more shot to let us down. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> How many times has he been the protected leader at the Giro and then come up empty? Has he won well, a Giro stage? I'm sure he has. Come on. Hey, I mean, he's probably raced 50 of them. I, I, I'm going to have to scope back through his uh, Twitter feed and kind of... De- decipher the emoji hieroglyphics and see how he's feeling. Okay. Hey, Spencer, can you do me a favor and tell me who some of the other protected leaders are in the Juro? I'd actually be kind of interested. Oh, but I don't want to go to that website because it will slow down my computer <laughs> and then everything won't, won't what work. What team are you interested in? Um, just spitballs in for you. Are you interested I, in like... uh, Russ Velo? Because their team leaders yes. are Frigenov and this. Klobinev. Oh, God. He's right. Klobinev? Mm-hmm. He's back from the dead, and he's riding, huh? Yep. Um, Man, I can't Trek, believe they're in the Giro. Trek Shigafredo is uh, Cancellara and Hejadal. Nice. Okay, Hejadal makes sense, but I don't know if Cancellara can really be a protected. Like, that just doesn't uh, make sense. Come on, he's not he's a protect, protected rider. He's there to win stages. So he's going to try to win the time trial. Yeah, but Hejadal is there to win. Here's a big one. Yep. Nippo Vini Fantini. Yes, Cunego. the little... Cunego. The little prince. Cunego is one of their protected leaders. It's true. Oh man, wouldn't it? Now you guys gotta agree. If he was actually up there in the GC, it's been some years since he's been. He's got some top tens in the last couple years, but they're always anonymous. They're Zubelia esque. Wouldn't it be great to see him on the attack in the mountains one more time? It's true. And the Astana team leaders looks like, uh, according to Vela News, anyway, their two team leaders will be Nibali 
and Scarponi. I don't know uh, where you they know got about, this you, list. You, you know, Vinokurov. <laughs> you know, Vinokurov is just sitting there going, "Like, man, I'm about to add five more team leaders to that uh, to yeah. that uh, experience." I feel like so, whoever compiled this list just like like did a quick Google search of Scarponi, and they're like, "Oh, this dude's been on the podium." In the yeah. Giro before, he must be one of the leaders, and they forgot to like look at the fact that that was three years ago, and since then he's only been like a super domestique for Nibali. Mm-hmm. So not the case anymore. As much as I want to believe that he's yeah. actually the leader, not the case. The interesting one I see here, which is going to be a dark horse, uh, is Tom Dumoulin on Giant Alpecian. Um, I'm curious yeah. to see what he what he tries to do in the Giro, or if he's going to be one of these guys who uh, thinks he can make it in the Tour and uh, goes back for that, you know, or kind of well, half-asses the Giro in prep for the Tour, or if he just was, goes for it. There was talk that he was going to do the Giro, but not really full-tilt GC because he wanted Olympic time trial. Mm. You know, that was kind of his goal for the year, which I got to say I think is a total waste of a year because <laughs> the olympic time trial yeah. to me is stupid and i know these time trialists give a shit but like if you're that good of a gc rider and you're gonna basically waste a year of your gc potential to possibly win a one day boring ass time trial race when you could like devote yourself to being a good gc rider makes yeah. zero sense to me and the, who who remembers who was the last olympic time trial champion I mean, I'm just going to guess it was Cancelera, but it might have been Wiggins. Who knows? Yeah, yeah it was probably Tony like, Martin, wasn't it? It was one of the two. Over, over, wasn't know. Sven Tuft? It had <laughs> to be one Sven of the Tuft? two. He's been on the podium. That might have been Beijing. <laughs> uh, well, you know, okay, so I got a transition, a smooth transition here. Speaking uh, of former Olympic time trial winners, uh, Mick Rogers retired with a little heart problem. Did you guys really? see that? I did not yeah, see he, just, he got pulled from racing a few months ago, and uh, just today. So who is pulled the plug? So, so who is Phil and Paul? Who are Phil and Paul going to talk about when there's you know it's kind of that lull? Like oh, Australia's hope right there, like Mick yeah. Rogers. Well, the Yates the... brothers, dude. You know that every time <laughs> yeah. there's a moment of silence, those guys like they're like Yates, 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 Yates. Yates. Ooh, back in forty seven plates, one of the Yates brothers. Hey, uh, Spencer, one last thing. Who's the uh, team leader for Lamprey at the Tour? Is it Micah? Well, he's on Tinkoff, so that would be weird. But, yeah, that um, would be weird. Never mind. It's uh, <laughs> Ulysses. Do you remember how you were saying before Wait. the podcast started, Spencer, when you said we were getting a lot of flack for not being prepared? Is that what you meant? That's like, a little right bit what I meant. Like, yeah, like maybe you could just know who is on who's, team. Who's, is, is, what's his name, the South African main case or whatever? He's not riding the Giro for them, huh? Uh, I don't know. He's this. This list only has two names, you know, on each team. Right. <laughs> the, the other dark hey. horse that jumps out that I I want to get your take on uh, that we kind of haven't seen a whole lot of yet this year is um, Landa uh, going over to Team Sky was super impressive in the Giro last year. Yeah, he's coming good. I think. I think he's gonna win it. You think he's gonna win it? What? I do think he's gonna win it. Yeah. Okay. Because, look, who does he got? Hashtag he's got Nibali. He's got Nibali, who you can't... I can't see his form coming around right now. He seems a little off the pace. Mm-hmm. Landa's going to be better than him, I think. You got Iran, who's on the Vodders program, so he's going to suck seriously hardcore this year. Because <laughs> he so far has sucked, and so has Roland. He's, got, he's just going to suck. I think there's a weird thing. If good riders go to Cannondale, they suck. If he gets, like, weird, like, middle of the pack, like, like draft horses, they turn into stallions. Yeah. And then what who about else? Valverde? Valverde with, is going to be up there. Shepherding him through the mountains. Valverde always has one bad day, and Landa's not going to have a bad day because he's on the Sky program. Marginal yeah. gains, baby. All right. So, yeah. yeah. Well, let's get to. We, we got some listener questions and some other things. We do have a lot of topics to talk about. Tom Haynes from Tom Haynes World did tweet us and had a really good question. He said, hey, I coach kids bike racing, road bike racing. Mm-hmm. What does a 14-year-old bike racer really have to know? Nothing. Just ride your bike. Uh, I know the most important thing, actually, as a coach, to uh, keep a 14-year-old cyclist like motivated, not distracted, and, and dedicated to the sport for as long as possible is to 
keep the fact that they can get a driver's license at 16 a secret for as <laughs> yeah, long as possible. You need, yeah, to, that, you need to keep yeah. that card close to your vest and make sure that they do not know. And then I would say closely after that would be to not let them know that uh, boyfriends and girlfriends are an option for them. Yeah, uh, just, they need you to know, believe, yeah. Let them yeah. live the monk lifestyle. And, and as far as they're concerned, other people don't exist. Yeah. yeah, like a strict life of um, forced uh, what abstinence, I guess. Like, like, like no, like you just can't hang out with anybody else. You live in a closet. You live in a room. Yeah. And then, uh, and then, uh, Spencer, I'm with you on this car thing. But I think the way that they could actually do it is you can like find a way to educate them on how cars are inherently dangerous when they're out there riding the road bike anyway, especially Pontiacs. Mm-hmm. That mm-hmm. then you need to, um, you know, use that to say don't get a car. But I would also say if I had to teach one thing, it would be like I just mentioned that Pontiacs are by far the worst cars. Second would be Dodges, and then mm. it goes to like Nissan. So you got to like Ooh, yeah, Nissan Pathfinders. Nissan Pathfinders, I think, are the new are the mm. new horrible or that Nissan truck, the Titan. I, I've no. kind of come yeah. into some bad experiences <laughs> with the Titan. Trouble. Okay. See, I'm, the, I'm gonna say worst on the road, Pontiac worst, by far. worst drivers on the road. I agree with you on Pontiac number one uh, because that that's a special kind of driver that gets into a Pontiac. Um, number two would be contractor vehicles of any kind. Oh, that is true. That is definitely like, what, like what do you like? What's an example? What do you mean? Like, like any the city kind of, of Minneapolis trucks driving around <laughs> like total jerks. Yeah, that any kind nice. of big white pickup with uh, with a metal box on the back with doors on the sides or Trouble. even sprinter vans like plumbers or whatever um usually bad news um and then third would be any kind of taxi cab see i think dodges are up there i think dodge has taken over like i think pontiac drivers have become dodge customers well yeah I've heard like, everyone who can't get a grand am anymore is now in a stratus that's true <laughs> but you know <laughs> I mean, everybody wait, that so can. In what world, like, they're of the same vintage of crap? <laughs> You're like, I just can't find a grand, 98 Grand Am anymore. All I can find is 99 Stratuses. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you know, if you get a little bit of money, you can get the Chrysler Sebring. That's true. Yeah, it's got, it's got two doors. It's got to be a sports car. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, apologies to any listeners drive Pontiacs. <laughs> no, no, sell it. Or Dodge. It is the worst possible unless, car. Unless you drive one of those uh, those sweet little Dodge Shadows with the hood with the hood bump from the nineties. Those things are oh, not the, those not are the super, K car? Those not are K super cars? no, the ones from the nineties that had I don't remember I don't know what kind of engine they stuffed in. They probably stuffed a little turbo on it and it was a total sleeper because it looks like a total piece of junk and it's pretty quick. <laughs> okay. Uh, so, so yeah, don't tell your 14-year-old cyclist any of that stuff we just mentioned. Uh, definitely don't tell them about sleeper fast cars that look like junk because they'd be really into that. <laughs> they'll, be, they'll be like, wait, I'm going to quit bike racing and buy a very unattractive car that's <laughs> sneakily quick. <laughs> yeah, because the thing is, is a good bike will cost you, you know, the entry-level race bike, 2500 bucks. Entry-level car? Five hundred bucks, six hundred bucks. Oh, you rollers, there's, dude. I, there's some five hundred dollar cars I want pretty bad. Let me tell yeah. you. <laughs> so if only your driveway is bigger. <laughs> so there you go. If I you wish. need any more advice, you can always tweet us at the Slow Ride Pod. Um, and guys, there was some other racing this uh, past weekend that we. Wait, uh, what? I feel that I feel that we should mention, and it's hmm. the start of the UCI Mountain Bike World Cup down in Australia. Um, a couple of cool storylines out of it. Um, first off, shout out to. Annika Langveld of Denmark for women taking the women's race. Um, Catherine Pendrel taking fourth from Canada. Uh, pretty cool. Chloe Walt, uh, Woodruff, who you know, um, was a uh, 13th place finisher for the U.S. taking top spot over Georgia Gould and Leah Davidson. So the Americans uh, were well placed in the top 20. That was not the case in the men's mountain bike world championship, which is where the bigger story was. Um, a couple of things, storylines going in. First off, you have cyclocross superstar um, um, Vanderpool taking the start line all the way in the back, like start number, what, 86? And then you also had uh, Julian Absalon um, and Nino Scherter 
Julian Absalon took a flat at the end of the first full lap, and it was a horrible wheel change by the BNC mechanic, and they're running the uh, through axles, so it kind of took extra long. Mm. Um, so he fell all the way back to like 40th place, but oh my gosh, it was like something magical happened, and Julian Absalon just crushed it and got all the way back up to the podium um, with Nino Scherter taking the win. So uh, pretty cool stuff there. I don't and, know. Um, uh, I think there was bigger mountain bike news this uh, this past weekend. Yeah, there, Tim. there's the big mountain bike news. Do you see this, Timmy? Do you see this video? I'm just saying that Matthew Vanderpool got 32nd place. How awesome is that? I, I don't even know what little guy's talking about because I don't That's know of any video that exists. Yeah, I'm talking well, here's, about. here's yeah. Wait, tell me more about Do you want to go first news. with your big mountain bike? I know, I think I know what you're going to say, but you know what I'm going to say. I just said I don't know what you're going to say. Okay, I'm going to say what I'm going to say, then you can say what you're going to say. All right, I'll say it. Okay, you so, first. Wait, I, after I, you say it. Well, okay. Yeah. You guys see the the little video of Sagan racing this mountain bike? I knew he was going to. He did it, and he yeah, crashed, I, I guess. And so he DNF'd. He was in the race this past weekend, the World Cup? Not that race. He was at some race in like Austria. Race. Okay. Austria or something. Um, it looked totally like just like a local race. It was pretty sweet. And the nice. coolest part for me was this little fan video, just him going like up a hill, and then this part we popped out of the woods. You could see two sections. The coolest part for me is that even going uphill, everybody looks slow on a mountain bike going uphill. Like it's true. He's got like he's like he's in this dumb position, and he's like looks like he's like having to work too hard. And I was like, oh man, that's how I feel on a mountain bike trying to climb up a, like a dirt road. It's yeah. miserable. Looks like um, garbage. Yeah, it looks totally like garbage. And uh, he looked pretty good for a bunch of the laps. And then there's a little video. He pops out of the woods, and he gets off the bike, and he limps a little bit. And then he kind of just rolls it. And you're like, oh. Do you think uh, Do you think that right there was what Tinkoff has been afraid of, like this whole t- ever since he mentioned it and they pretended they were on board with it? They're like, oh, shit. He crashed. He hurt himself. Oh, my God. I'm sure they were so worried that he'd hurt himself. I mean, you imagine if he just, like, Basically a local mountain bike race. He runs into a tree and he can't go for like a ninth green jersey. Yeah. That's ridiculous. Yeah. That's that's almost like what like the uh, Latvian champion coming to race the Minnesota Cross Race uh-huh. and running into a tree trying to win like a prem lap bonus thing. Whole shot thing. Prem, yeah. Whole shot was, prem. That was great. That was a season ender. Lucky for him, but his season was probably already over. So can. Would you now, have Spencer, Spencer, before you, yeah, oh. to tell me what what's bigger, Spencer, than the seven Swiss riders that that were in the top ten of a UCI Mountain Bike World Cup. That's gotta suck to try to be on their national team for the Olympics. Yeah, I mean, the seventh best rider in the world, and you can't make it. Make well, the isn't team. the uh, IOC based in Switzerland? I'm sure they can finagle something. Yeah, good point. <laughs> All right, Spencer, um, what do you got? So uh, this past weekend, there was a, another local mountain bike race here in the Boston area, oh, uh, which yeah. had Boston. its own superstar debut. Um, trying to one-up Peter Sagan was Adam Meyerson uh, coming from the road off his pro career into retirement, embracing it full on by having a baby and racing mountain bikes. I thought he hated mountain bikes. Oh, he does. And it looks like mountain bikes might hate him too. Did uh, he crash? He started off okay. I don't know if he crashed or not um, during the race, uh, but he did say he blew up uh, about a lap and a half to go and uh, limped into, a, I think, a solid 15th place, which is just one shy of where Ooh. he needed to be. Just missed um, it. Missed the podium by one spot. Yeah, and I imagine he's a little bit out of the top 50%, but honestly... That's impressive. It's better than I thought he would do <laughs> uh, based against <laughs> the guys he was going against and their skill level. And uh, and I'm more than impressed that he uh, got out there and did it and actually finished the race. So uh, when I was going around to Boston area bike shops, there was like a universal like, no, he's gonna he's gonna do okay. They're like, it's Meyerson. There was a lot of people saying, you know, he should bring his bike in and I can help him get it fit. Like yeah. they were more concerned about the aesthetics of him racing, but not on so, his skill level. He so. has what I would call minus the disc brakes. He has what I would call a little guy setup. What what does that mean? Well, minus it's an, the disc brakes. I don't understand how it could be a little guy setup. You know, I just got made fun of like two hours ago uh, <laughs> talking to buddy Eamon. He made fun of me for riding uh, rigid twenty six inch. Yeah, and okay. I just I don't so, understand. So his bike's also aluminum. 
okay, he does have shock the... because he's not completely insane like you. Um, but he's he's got the disc brakes, which of course you're you're still riding the uh, the V brakes or canties or something dumb. I got V brakes. Okay, that's good. Um, <clears throat> but he has uh, he has a very uh, what we call a late nineties setup, I guess. Uh, so, he's, the, he's, so he looks like an actual human being on a bike. He's in, like sitting straight up. Right. Yeah, he's got a roadie position like you do uh, with Fuck the yeah. long long stem, a lot of yeah. seat posts, and, yeah. uh, and grip shifters. Oh, nice. Wait, so he's a little, he's a little bit mean. He's a little bit McDonough. He's two mats. So wait, if you add two mats together, you get a Meyerson on a mountain bike. Apparently. Because he took my position and he took Matt's weird choice of componentry. Well, see, Matt, our friend Matt, is, uh, he also came up in the mid-90s mountain bike era, so he's he's a big fan, and he hasn't really left it, um, so Not he's really. a big fan of the grip shift, too, but those are the only two people I know hmm. Weird. Who, who are using the grip shift, and, you know, so. I Maybe someday I'll ride one of these newfangled mountain bikes with these weird new positions. I just can't imagine I'll be comfortable. In that, how like, long is your like, stem on the mountain bike, little guy? No, I so I don't have that big. No, you don't have a stem. I know I don't have that big stem anymore. I have a I have a hundred millimeter stem now. I got okay. rid of the hundred thirty millimeter uh, <laughs> red Kuka stem that I had, which it pained me because it was a hundred thirty millimeter Kuka yeah. red stem. It yeah. was so beautiful and awesome. It was, but I had to admit that it did not make for a comfortable position yeah. on the bike. So, so I, I, no, I I got a steel stem now. I got a in, in stem. my in my mountain bike research, and I don't know much about mountain bikes at all. But I do know mm-hmm. enough to know that uh, if you need to know something, you go to pinkbike.com. dot mm-hmm. um, They had an article about mountain bike fits, the modern mountain bike fit, uh, a few months back, and and in that article, I learned that if you are running anything over fifty millimeters, you do not understand anything about modern mountain bikes. Which kind of blew my mind because I thought I had a really short stem at seventy. Apparently not. Yeah, I don't. That's a weird thing for me. Those, those. I don't know, man. It's weird. Uh, well, we're a bunch of roadies here, so we don't know anything. <laughs> that's for sure. Yeah, hey, like, it is our, pretty cool it, talking it, about mountain bike racing. In the roadie world, it's like the longer your stem is, and the more slammed it is, the cooler you are. It doesn't Absolutely. matter yeah. what. It's like. If it doesn't have to make sense. Sp- it just has to it's look especially good. pro if you have like a hundred thirty millimeter stem slammed on like the smallest road bike <laughs> you could get yourself on. You know, yeah, that's yeah. Super that's the pro. old uh, that's the old Matt was a Saez uh, model from oh, yeah. Say, where everyone everybody had the rides same the size same bike. bike. Yeah, that God, that always blew my mind that he was that just made no sense. Well, other than just to be mean. You know, when we were uh, when we were at Worlds um, in Richmond uh, with our with our fantastic press passes that we finagled, um, mm-hmm. I took a close look at Tom Boonin's bike before the race, and yeah. that stem it's definitely custom made. It's probably 160. It was insane. It was so obscene. Awesome. It was <laughs> it was everything I needed it to be. Yeah. So you like staring at Tom Boonin's stem. Yeah, I tried big. to caress it a little, but I was shoot away. Shoot away? But did you ask about the sensations he was having? <laughs> I could tell. Prior to the race. I could tell. <laughs> oh, oh, what's that? Oh, oh my God, it's Supreme, guys. Hey, guys, real quick. This is this a Supreme lap? It's a Supreme lap. And okay. it, this one's going to be quick. This one comes out of nowhere. Okay. Do you guys like spending a lot of time on the internet? I love it. I'm on like, the internet. Like I mean, I'm on the internet things. right now, so yeah. Can't get know, enough. But, like, I have trouble sometimes doing things on the internet, and then, you know, it's like like when I'm trying to get uh, plane tickets, and like I just have to jump through a lot of hoops. Okay. You know, I got to enter in my uh, my TSA number. I got to enter in all different types of things, and it just takes a lot of time. Okay. So, boy, <laughs> do you know what's really quick? No. I'm about to do it right now. Registering for the Grand intro. Fondo New York. How quick is you can it? go to you can go to gfny dot com. Go to Grand Fondo New York, which is only nineteen days away, and it takes you less than two minutes to register. I just did it. Nice. Well, did, now cool. wait, did you register for the hundred mile or the fifty mile? Well, I, I registered for the preferred start corral, and then I'm going to decide when I'm there which one um, I want to so, do because so I'm a Cat miles. Three. I'm a Cat Three bike racer. 
uh-huh. and I just have to show him my license that I'm a Cat Three, and then I get a front start. And there's since there's going to be a bunch of pro- continental pros there coming up from South America, from what I hear, and pretty good uh, start list already. I got to be up in that uh, preferred start corral. I uh-huh. got to show off the uh, the Mister Moots on the George Washington Bridge. That's really the only reason because um, my fitness isn't there. But the idea of being able to shut down the George Washington Bridge with my bike is pretty amazing. And then to go ride along the Hudson River, I think is going to be magical. Mm-hmm. So 19 days away from the Grand Fondo, New York, gfny.com. And when you register, guys, bottle of wine, jersey, and a ton of other cool stuff. Nice. I will now, have to get, check that out. Do you, you get to choose day of which race you want to do? You don't have to select beforehand. Well... You know, I'm, I think I'm going to try to pull a, um, a, like a medical exemption, like depending on where I'm at. Like if I'm in the front group and then like the turnaround for the 50 miles right there and I'm like, Ugh, I don't know if I could do 100 miles like happens to me lately, I would maybe just turn around and go. But you do need to register beforehand, but you know, maybe I'm just going to tell everybody I'm doing the 100 mile, but I'm really only doing the 50 mile. Mm-hmm. Okay, I got it. I got it. <laughs> That's a good plan, I think. I hey, if you win, you get like a ten thousand dollar bike. You do. I was just looking yeah. at that yeah. actually. It's pretty amazing. The uh, DeRosa GFNY color schemed Protos road bike uh, with full campy. Oh yeah. What including yeah, carbon yeah, yeah. wheels? That's that's a sweet. bike that even Cunego wouldn't ride because he can't because he's not there. Yeah, but <laughs> I could win it. That's I could win it and then go ride with Cunego because he also rides on a DeRosa. It's pretty awesome. The winners of all the categories get a championship uh, jersey, a special uh, edition. Um, there's a raffle for campy training wheels and racing wheels, uh, for helmets, and for Grand Fondo San Marco saddles. So you don't even have to actually win to win. You can win in the raffle. Yeah, cool stuff. So May 15th, even, even 2016. You, Tim, even you could get something. <laughs> May 15th, 2016 in New York City, the Grand Fondo, New York. And go to gfny.com to find out more. And we'd also like to thank our other uh, sponsor, you, the listeners and subscribers and members of the Wide Angle Podium Network and our family of uh, podcasts that are on there and supported by you. These include um, the Honest Bicycle Program, Kids Don't Follow, the um, Crosshairs Podcast, and Ourselves. And then um, also the Adam Meyerson podcast called The Meyerson Line. Of mm-hmm. note, Crosshair's podcast um, just put up a great interview with Katie Compton that I got to listen to today about a nice 45-minute interview. Really addresses a lot of the issues that she was going through, medical concerns. And um, there's something about the interview that Bill does that are very well thought out. He's got his questions planned ahead. It's you know, it's like you're actually listening to a quality journalist and not this riffraff that we are. So Somebody who does their research. That's, yeah, that's thanks bad. for your support to the uh, Wide Angle Podium Network. Mm-hmm. And more importantly, go check out the uh, Crosshairs interview with uh, Katie Compton to learn all about the greatest Absolutely. cyclocross racer in U.S. I just, history. I want to plug the Wide Angle Podium as well because I'm not sure if everybody understands exactly what it is. Um, because what you can do is you go and sign up to support... Uh, the network with a reoccurring uh, donation, um, a couple bucks a month, whatever you can afford. But what happens is that money goes directly to the podcast that you listen to. Um, you know, if you listen to one or two or five or all of the podcasts on the network, you can pick and choose uh, which ones you listen to, and you, and that money goes directly to them. So if you like Bill's interviews, you're supporting Bill. If you like our riffraff, you're supporting us. And, uh, you know, that's really the only way that that these shows continue to happen and will continue to happen in the future because, uh, you know, that's well, just, case in point, just little the, guy's microphone is amazing now. Yeah. He's got a brand I new mean, mic stand and a pop filter so he can say all the peas that he wants. It's possible. Yeah. It's fantastic. Mm-hmm. So Peter Piper right. picked a peck of pickled peppers, little guy. I was trying we to have a lot of Peter named bike racer and I couldn't for some reason. Peter, Peter Weening. Peter Sagan. <laughs> so Peter Van Petergen. Good job. The biggest the biggest thing on the internet that was brought to our attention over the last few days 
um, okay. was the tour of Croatia stage six victory podium celebration of Sandra yeah. Holst Enger of Norway of I Am Cycling. Um, this this was sent in by <laughs> so many listeners. I yeah. was touched. I gotta say, thank you was, for thinking of us, everyone. Yeah. It was it was pretty <laughs> it was amazing. A the dozen amount of people. people. It's like people didn't even see our Twitter feed where, where your podium bike is garbage learned from a goddamn podium hero. And he and is his, a goddamn podium oh, hero. That celebration may have just gotten him an extended contract. Not even the, the stage victory. You'd think the stage victory maybe helped. No, yeah. that guy just became the fan favorite of so many people with, the, uh, with those yeah. sweet dance moves. He's actually a pretty good dancer. I, yeah. Yeah, he absolutely. He's a really good dancer. I would... Put it up there. It was smooth. It looked like he'd been practicing. Yeah. I'm going to be watching him. I'm going to see. I don't know if he's riding the Giro or the Tour or what kind of rider he is even, but uh, I'm going to be watching for his name on the start list from now on, and I'm going to be pulling for him to win again because I can't get enough. I got to say the most impressive thing was that not only did he he use the whole stage, he even had a move to go from that highest level down to the lower level, like of the main po- bit of podium. Like, yeah, I mean, it was so, so smooth. Like he knew a true professional doesn't just like have his dance moves. He knows how to work them with the environment he's got, mm-hmm. you know? So, Absolutely. so th- this leads to the next question then. Would he be allowed to do that kind of podium celebration if he won, let's say, a stage at the tour or would Bernard Hino just tackle him off the stage and throw him onto the podium and say, <laughs> That is not what we do here in France. Uh, oh, no. Probably, I think, yeah. I think even the Badger would be mesmerized by those moves. Really? Mm-hmm. Is this the Badger? No, this is the Badger's last year, right? Doing the podium stuff? Is he doing that's, a couple more? What that's else is he going to do? Like, I, He's that's going back whole... to his farm. He's going to ride his riding lawnmower. <laughs> yeah, but, like, come on. Like, like, it is the easiest job in the world. You just are up there on the podium for 23 days in July. Yeah, all you do is spend twenty three no, days no, traveling no, no. around and like See, pushing people around and being Tim. You're just thinking. Out. You're just as a viewer's point of view. You're just looking at the podium and being like, "Oh, this looks great. No problem. Must be an easy job for the Badger." But no, what you're not seeing is the hundreds of union protests that he has to break up before the race gets there. Single handedly, <laughs> he has to come through and union bust these lines and throw these guys off the side of the road so they don't interrupt the tour. And then he has to protect the stage. Yeah, mm-hmm. this is this is a full time gig, twenty four seven. He's like in France, the French in the Batman. Oh, and I then on actually Fridays think... when they're all off. Oh. <laughs> Do you think maybe maybe he's retiring to like go into like private, like start his own detective agency? Like he's gonna become like a Pinkerton and like bust. Up probably, but like, he's not gonna tell us. He's gonna say, "Oh no, I'm just going the back Badger to the farm." Union busting service, Bubs. No. <laughs> Yeah, it's, he's not going back to uh, to Eno Manor, you know. Like it doesn't doesn't have a bat cave underneath it. Oh yeah, we don't we don't we don't think so, but he yeah. might have a have he'd, a secret. He'd never tell us. Life. So so last week uh, we put out the uh, call about leaving a review on iTunes or Stitcher for us. Okay, and guys, we <laughs> we hit the uh, jackpot. We got several here. So let's awesome. be honest. While highly entertaining to listen to Little Guy and Spencer crack each other up on various tangents, while Super Rookie clings helplessly to show some outline, we come back each week for the Hincappy stories. Five stars. I like uh, it. That's pretty good. That's like maybe it. my favorite review so far. I gotta say. Um, uh, I'm waving at you from my computer, writes BP Thanks, Mastermind. I'm the Slow Ride Podcast is finger. so good. As an admittedly snarky bike geek who is also a mechanic for my significantly faster significant other, I'm also looking for good cycling podcasts to look to listen to while I'm fixing their bike. Is this you, Spencer? Your significantly faster significant other and cooler? Of course. I was so stoked that you guys interviewed my friends and favorite other cycling couple, Matt and Mo. Okay, what? this is <laughs> Spencer, you wrote a review of our podcast. Thank you. That Are got you... me in the door. But I have certainly stayed for many other reasons, such as I'm on your the unapologetic, and... <laughs> your unapologetic support of women's cycling. Thank uh-huh. you. The increasingly contentious debate I am having with, with myself over whether Michael Kiewikowski is one of the names that you mispronounce as a joke, or if you really just butcher his name in earnest. Is it's it not Kiewikowski? It's something a little different. Yeah. <laughs> if you read the inner ring, 
blog, you'd know that like every pot, every post, somehow he like talks about the fact that everyone says Kwiatkowski. He's Kwiatkowski. He's. Nah, we're I think there's a T in there, isn't there? Kwiatkowski. Yeah, hold on. You keep t- Kiw- Tim. Keep going off. Kwiatkowski. Your seemingly self-loathing ah. relationship with fat bikes, tie bikes, masters racing, track racing, gravel grinders, etc., and your ever-expanding world of niche. USA Cycling National Championship races. Mm-hmm. In fact, I am working on peaking for the men's 85-plus national championships in 2016. It's a super long buildup, but I'm going to clean up. Trust me. <laughs> Four, I'm proud of you. your continued discussion of the complexity of when it is appropriate to wear a pro team or world champion kits. Um, I have not seen any uh, pro team kits out in the wild lately, but I, I think I might see one tomorrow. There is a guy that wears a uh, quick step skin suit on the local uh, rides. He's, he, um, he fancies himself a sprinter. Anyways, keep up the strong work, and next time I am in Boston, or less likely Minneapolis or Orlando, I'll be sure what? to wave at every cyclist, even if I'm wearing bar mitts, just nice. in case I cross paths with one of you. Brandon Masterman, New York. That was a pretty yeah. in-depth interview. So not it's not Spencer. Spencer. All right. I thought or we would a, know if it was it Spencer. It could be a clever like, pseudonym. Henser You know, if you, if you <laughs> rearrange the letters in that guy's name, it, it all of them are there. So it could be. <laughs> but no, I uh, I actually, he I know where he's coming from. I, I definitely do have a, a significantly faster, significantly other. So um, more power to you. Mm-hmm. Uh, Rob Knapp gives us a five star. He says, the Slow Ride is my favorite cycling podcast. The hosts are very entertaining while delivering all sorts of cycling information. Asterix. Take the Slow Ride <laughs> for a spin. You won't regret it. Um, and then the final the final review, uh, thanks to uh, Brant Athy. Best thing since Two Johns, which is very important to all of us because Two Johns was a great cycling podcast. Indeed. I'm a cycling and podcast lover. I love, I love them both. Like my tummy loves expensive Belgian ale. Um... The slow ride returns my love with an audible smooch, takes my man purse at the end of the long day, brings me an Allen Lim approved dinner, and rums Ebro on the guns <laughs> in preparation for training. It does all this with wisdom, wit, and dash of snark. Download it so you too can enjoy their company. Oh, thanks. That was great. You think Alan <laughs> Lim would like our podcast? Probably um, not if he goes back too far in the catalog because I think there's I, an episode where I swear he, about him a lot and how much I dislike him. Yeah, I'm do you think say, he would like? If he tuned he in could, recent, if he's a recent listener, he's good to go. Right. Um, we got a bunch of questions on the old uh, Google Mail at the Podcast at gmail.com. Will any of you be doing the Almanzo 100 this year? Or have you done it in the past? Is it appropriate to say on your left on a gravel ride? And that's from David in Orange County, hmm. California. Is it appropriate um, to say on your left on a gravel ride? I would say early in the race, yes, because it's kind of crazy. There's people everywhere, so it might be worth saying because people kind of drift about in the road. Well, let's let's uh, let's cut to the first part of the question. Almanzo as an event, little guy, are yeah. you doing it this year? I am. Uh, I'm excited. It kind of segues in that this weekend I did the Dicky Scramble, which was kind of like a. A, a slightly smaller version of the same race and it was unbelievably awesome and it made me even more excited than i usually am for almanzo huh. like what that. place good, did good, you good. get oh probably really bad i did <laughs> terribly i was dropped so hard so quick i tried to make so, the first group didn't make it tried to make the second group didn't make it made uh-huh. the third group for a little while then i got dropped so that like, sounds wh- how pretty is the much group like created? all of our El Manzo experiences there, little guy, because you and I have ridden that El Manzo, what, maybe three times? Well, we've ridden it three times. I've ridden it twice without you, I think. Yeah, okay. well, kind of. I mean, the first time we, we made the first group, then we made the second, then the third, then the fourth, then the fifth, and the sixth, and the seventh, the eighth, the ninth, the tenth, the twelfth. And then I found you after you plugged <laughs> your uh, group set back into its master battery, and then we made it up to maybe like the second group, and then yeah. we just blew up. And we both—I gotta say—that might have been our collective worst moment ever between like mile forty and seven. I know it was up there on my list of pain caves. Yeah, I've been in. I so, think I think four of the top five of my deepest pain caves have been during the Almanzo one hundred. I gotta say. Yeah. But uh, back to the question: early in that race. We probably did have to say on your left as we were trying to pass people desperately to get back yeah. to the front, um, picking off groups and stuff. 
So I think it's okay to say, because especially in that race, people are diving around for lines, like for that hard pack gravel, you know, like yeah. trying to jump out of like where there's soft spots. And so sometimes people don't know that, you know, you came up behind them. So it's, it's cool. It's chaos. Yeah. And say hi to me, whoever you are. I forget your name. His name's David. He's David. from Orange County. First from time Orange question County. asker. First, first time question asker, short time listener is how he signed in. <laughs> Shorter time listener after that. Come find me. I'll be the guy getting dropped from the front group Dude, trying to desperately don't... stay in the second group. So, and don't go too Jack far did... into the back catalog. <laughs> Jack Burgell emails and says, hey, does front suspension, i.e. Cannondale lefties, belong in cyclocross? What about dropper posts? No, I've, I don't I've got think an opinion we even on that. need to talk about no, that. No, I think we do. Here's the thing. I think dropper posts, no. Lefty forks belong anywhere they want to be. They're Whoa! silly and crazy, <laughs> and they make no sense that they even exist. I got to cut but, in. No, 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 no. I think See, if you want to ride a lefty, ride it wherever. I thought we were going to be on the same page here, and you just said 100% the opposite of what I was going to say. Lefty forks, no business in cross, no suspension at all in the Dude. front. Anybody but, that shows up to a cross race with like an actual cross frame with a suspension fork is a is crazy dumb. person that I yeah. want to be friends with. Dropper posts, on the other hand, all in. No, yeah, stupid. I think it, yes, I think dropper a dropper posts post. are the dumbest things. You will well, yes, never remember to use that stupid thing at the one obstacle in a in a cross That's race. That's not that true. You need it for. Now there is one dropper post cross bike racing hero out here in New England. Um, who I think rides for the... Uh, wait, wait, wait. wait. Uh, Do you guys call him the Big Dropper? Yeah, I think we call him the Little Dropper. I don't know, but uh, he used it successfully at NoHo, and he also used it successfully at Nationals in uh, in Asheville. Um, who is it? Do people go get excited for him when they see the Dropper go down? Oh, yeah. Yeah, everybody knows about the Dropper, and they're I waiting think... for it. No, I see. I think like like tire size, you can only have thirty threes. I think dropper post should be outlawed on cyclocross. But front suspension is okay. No, not really. But if it's a lefty <laughs> fork, it is because it's wacky. Can you believe that stuff still exists? I mean, come on. No, I don't. If know somebody showed up thinking. with a Gervin fork, come on, let them in. You're obviously crazy. You can start at the front. I think they got to put them in the fat bike race or something. <laughs> yeah. So so Jack also asked, <laughs> "What are you looking for?" <laughs> what are you looking forward to this summer outside of pro cycling? <laughs> Nothing. Uh, I don't. We're we're all probably going to do some mountain biking. It's a big secret. Dude, we're going to do some mountain biking. Secret but, uh, secret trails. Secret and, trails. Um, can't can't let people cool. know where we're going to be because then all mm. of a sudden be a crush. You know, be everyone's going to want to hang out. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, we can't have that. It's, it's like, kind of a secret slow ride. So you know what? You know what I'm going to do actually to avoid all the crowds and the people and the paparazzi and just general mm-hmm. um, cycling uh, fanatics. What's that? I might I might try my hand at doing some road racing this year. Oh, something <laughs> quiet with no people around. Uh-huh. Perfect. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> nice. That is a good idea. Especially local amateur uh, bike racing. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You need a man of mystery out there. Totally anonymous. <laughs> In fact, like, Spencer, there's a when you go to an event like that, there's really only like a 10-minute window of which you could possibly be recognized, and that's when you're waiting in line for the one portage on that the promoter has provided. Yep. So, you know... I would recommend that you don't even go to the Port of John, that you do the old, like, I'm going to check the tire pressure of the car. Oh, yeah. You do the, the old kneel, kneel down. Kneel down, check the tire pressure there on the car for a while. I think I got a flat, guys. Let me just, uh, and, you know, 30 seconds later, oh, no, I guess it's down. okay. Hey, this rocker panel is looking really good. Yep. Yep. <laughs> uh, I might do some of that, too. I'm going to do some crits. Crits? Yeah, crits. I'm going to do some All right. crits. I'm not going to do any... Fun. Any like official road races other than gravel races? Because I I just skipped Ken Woods this last Saturday to do the Dicky. Same okay. day, same part of Minnesota. We actually had to drive past fools that were paying thirty some dollars to do Ken Woods to go do our free and awesome. And how many people were at the start of your race? I would say close to three hundred. Three hundred. I think yeah. there's a lot of people. And you couldn't make. I was too something. You couldn't make the second group? No, dude. I could not make the second group. I am, I am legitimately out of shape 
for me right yeah. now. I am. Yeah. So am crits definitely... is probably a real good idea. <laughs> well, no, I'm not going to do any crits this month. I'm, my aim uh, is to make it to the last like like opus style crit. That's okay. my goal to All make right. it there with like enough fitness to sit in and maybe so, like uh, you go make out it to the last of the, of the weekly weeknight series crits. Okay. Well, for those, and then I'll and then I'll make the the. See, I'm going the with the opposite idea. I'm thinking there's no way I'm going to be in shape for any kind of crit action, even though they're shorter and easier or easier to get to usually. Um, but instead, I'm going to go for road races because I'm thinking I got a lot more time to hide in the pack and pretend that I'm in shape. You know, you just sort of like things don't really kick off until the last lap, and you can just be like, "Oh man, yeah, I didn't have it today." I, uh... But you can no, still make packs? it to the finish line. See, you Spencer, packs, you're in a Cat 3 race now, so like now that you're downgraded to Cat 3, it's back to like dumb bike racing. Like, oh, every move will really be hard right now. No, yeah. but these, yeah, these, these races move. are so short. And yeah, they're going to chase every move, every break that goes up the road. I don't have to worry about it. I'm going to just keep sitting in the pack. It's going to be great. The, what are the but field the, sizes like there? Oh, I have no idea. <laughs> because that's <laughs> the thing for me. Like, if there was a 50 plus. Like fifty people in a one-two. Oh yeah, race. we get that. We get that. We I could I could probably hang for most of the race and then like get you know I'd like roll across the line thirty-fifth and be like yeah look at that pretty decent all right in the pack, but if there, if it's like a Minnesota one you show up there's fifteen guys I'm in trouble right away because it's basically like being in a yeah. hard break from the go. Yeah, and you're no, in the wind constantly. It's definitely more of a pack here, and so I'm, right. I'm that's good. I'm that gonna play good. the waiting game, and it's gonna be great. Um, at least in my mm-hmm. brain, that's that's how it looks right now. So, yeah. The other thing I'm looking forward to this summer is I'm getting the Jetta running this year, and I'm going to drive the Jetta. I get some, believe you got, that. You got some gasoline. <laughs> you got you got some biodiesel getting. Uh, I got up some, right now. I've got some in the garage. It's just, I mean, it's just there. It doesn't go anywhere. <laughs> Neither does the car. Ooh, exactly. <laughs> so but that's that's um, going to happen. Uh-huh. So, Logan, you, you'd like the the final question uh, from our friend Jack. Uh, where would Andy Schleck fit in today's Peloton? Do you think he'd be the uh, team leader going into the Giro? Oh, if he was the Schleck of old, yeah. Well, I mean, Frank so. Frank's out, man. Frank yeah, broke his collarbone, and it looks like a freaking Frankenstein. Did you guys see the picture of that? I did. It was gross. Oh my god, yeah. it looked really bad. I mean, that was probably what like the four hundredth time he's broken his collarbone in his life. So it's like mm-hmm. they probably had to put in a whole new collarbone. So it's probably like he's got the Cadell some, Evans going on. We probably took some parts out of your Jetta to rebuild it. God, I hope not. That would be a shame if I got out there and like the whole. <laughs> that would be a lot of it missing. Was, the front, the out. front clip right. is gone. Well, cool. Do you guys have anything else before we wrap up this awesome, spectacular show? Well, thanks for listening to the Slow Ride Podcast. I'd like to thank BK One of Rhyme Series Entertainment for the intro and outro. We'd also like to thank the Wide Angle Podium Network and its supporters. Go check out the our fellow podcast and become a donating member. And also, we'd like to encourage you to wave at all of your fellow cyclists that you see on the side of the road, in the elevator, or wherever you are. And with that, we'd like to say, see you later. Get off the road. I say work together. The Slow Ride Podcast. Bikes, advice, and rumors straight from the source. TheSlowRidePodcast.com and on Twitter at TheSlowRidePod. Hey guys, we didn't mention Hincappy.